deep within a land, long forsaken. In a castle, long avoided. Within a chamber, long hidden, stands a creature long feared. The room we are in is simple. The walls, floors, and ceilings are made of worn stone. But no hangings, paintings, or tapestries adorn them. No furniture or chairs are laid out for guests. There is merely a door, a window, and a single shaft of light from the window. Illuminating a curved stone basin atop a single stone coffin. And within that basin is a pool of clear water. A figure stands above this basin. Their pale hands grasping the edges. But in the darkness, all that is illuminated off the pool is the lower half of the face of which we can see a grin affixed to. With the wave of their hand through the still water, ripples spread out. The water becomes dark and murky. And within the water, Six images begin to appear. Within the first and second image that we see within this pool, we see these two images converge into a single shape of a busy tavern known as the Bearded Mule. <laughs> One of the busiest off the trackway. A place filled with a wide assortment of patrons from all walks of life. Two of which, despite all of the commotion in this tavern, we find quietly keeping to themselves in a corner by the fire's hearth while discussing their next move. El Asak and Akron Nailo, please describe yourselves and your appearance. Go for it. I'm thick. About five two. I kind of look like Janet Jackson. Only if she's five three. <laughs> Motherfucker, she said she look like Janet Jackson. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm a uh, five foot eight, 160 pounds. Black skin, white hair. Uh, wielding a bow and two swords. And that's all you need to know about me. That's it. Discreet. Shit. Okay. Dark as the shadows. Dark, darker than the shadows. Darker. Okay. Yeah. Akron? I'm a high elf. 
born into royalty in the far west. I have the bronze hair and copper skin of my family, but as I was born under a solar eclipse, I have the blue eyes of damnation. Damn. I'm six foot six, and I... Damn his eyes. <laughs> and I have been traveling Never the world trust for a hog over a hundred years, escaping the toil that my family has sent after me. And I ride the seas. Shit. <laughs> Just keep going. You ride the seas. Ride those seas. I, ri- I, I damn rode those seas. <laughs> we can edit this Past shit, tense. man. <laughs> Past hey, tense. hey, what's, what's a pi- pirate's favorite letter? <laughs> you think it's the R, but it's really the C. Yeah, but real talk. I've been flying on these pirate ships for a long time, man. And my parents suck. Feel that. <laughs> so, the way that I understand it, you guys have been kind of on the run from uh. this and that, and at this point, on your guys' travels together, it's been kind of the give and take, like, you help me, I help you, kind of thing, and that's how you came into agreement to travel together, but at this point, you guys are kind of hard up are trying to make out your next move. So you guys are briefly uh, beside this fire. There's, there's like 40, 45 people just like talking, drinking merrily in this tavern and pretty loud, but you guys are trying to keep your voices down and talk about like for real what's going on. Like we got to figure shit out now. So go for it. Man, I promise if you get the next picture, I'll catch you up at the next island. Man, I gotta take a shit. Come on, dog. You're gonna help me out and stop at the bar on the way back. Man. That, that bathroom is right by the bar. You can't stop. All right, man. That's fine. All right, I, I got you. That's uh, fine. Three months from now, when we hit that next island. Yeah, you better. Oh yeah, don't worry. I'll remember. So, <laughs> after briefly discussing their plans, a large <laughs> man. Bursts into the tavern. Boom! And he kicks open the door. And he draws attention to everyone in this bar due to his brightly colored clothing and jolly demeanor. Can I roll a dice to take a shit? Yeah, yeah, drop a shit roll, please. Shit my roll. You, you just can't, for the sake of narrative, you just want to rip, like, go for it. I rolled a 50. <laughs> that is, that's a 50 shit. A 50 shit. Never mind. I shit my pants. All right, continue. <laughs> so you didn't go to the bathroom and get a picture? You fucking suck, dog. You shit your pants instead of going to get me a beer? Fuck you. <laughs> so after briefly discussing their plans, a large man bursts inside the tavern. Whoa. Kicks open the door and draws the attention of everybody that's in the bar, like all 45 or so people that are in the bar. They kind of look over like, what the fuck? And dude... To his brightly colored clothing, he's got this like kind of rainbow-looking outfit and a feather sticking out of his hair, out of his hat, and he's pretty overweight. Like he just draws a lot of attention just by his presence. And like a Mississippi governor. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like and, Buck uh, Nasty. He's got a real jolly demeanor, kind of his head back and his like chest sticking out. And, and sounds like Buck he, Nasty to me. He's just hello, and he like comes in and and heads over to the opposite <laughs> side of the tavern. And uh, from where you guys are, 
and he begins to introduce himself to some of the patrons sitting at a table, and they start giving him this sideways look like, and he's just like, oh, no, no, God, he sends the, this letter down on, like, on something on the table, uh, some kind of parchment, and they all just kind of like put their hands up like, what is going on here? And he just starts giving this big banter about something, and they just kind of cut him off, and one of them says, get lost, get lost, piss off, we don't want none of this. And he's whoa, okay. And he turns and he sighs. You see him kind of just like slouch a little bit. <sighs> and he, then he starts to head to the bar. And as he's heading to the bar, you guys are still watching him. And then he locks eyes with you guys for a second. <laughs> and he smiles. And he says to the barkeep, Oh, give me three of whatever those gentlemen by the fire would like. Wait, us? <laughs> yes, you, you, you over there. What would oh, you like to drink? Oh, shit. Uh, so we were drinking. How many pitchers were we drinking? We had two? Three? We had three. Oh. So, yeah, get get us three of those threes, please. As you wish. Uh, yes, Mr. Bar- I'll barkeep, I'll take three pitchers of... Of... Old Bush Lager. Old Bush Brew. Brew. Oh, sorry, sorry. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time out. Old Bush Brew. Old Bush Brew. Yes, if you could do that, that would be great, Mr. Barkeep. And he's like, yeah, sure, what the fuck ever. So he gets, gets the drinks and it gives hands in these three yeah, hurry up, and he just bear hugs them and kind of spills them a little bit. And he starts to kind of like jolly, jolly kind of... Jolly. 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 He's John's Lilies? What are you saying? Jolly. Waddles over to your guys' table. And he sets these three pitchers down on the table, and uh, and uh, he says, "Now you two look just exactly what I have in mind." Unlikely. You do. He, he sets the drinks down on the table, and hey, excuse me, where, where are my manners? My name is Oleg, Oleg Karushkin. He looks at the pitchers once more, and the beer in one of them is already gone. <laughs> Just like that invention. <laughs> what is that foul smell? What is that smell? <laughs> I smell. I smell shit. Don't you worry about shit. I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, he did shit his oh, pants. You are the shitter of the pants. Let's see. This was you. You that's, did this. That's why we needed <laughs> the extra pictures. <laughs> I mean, yes. Oh, that's okay. This is the definition you're still of the horse people, bath. You're still the people I was looking for, despite the shitting of the pants. It's fine. <laughs> You heard of a horse bath, right? What about a drow's bath? I'm unfamiliar with the underdark t- t- traditions. <laughs> Don't worry about it, bud. <laughs> I, I won't. But uh, let's see. Uh, I have traveled many miles to find How those, many? Uh, definitely more than ten. <laughs> my country, Bullshit. My country is far away. <laughs> A long time. In it your took country, me several days to get miles travel. You seven, seven. Yeah, yeah. You you smell seven days travel. Well, at least I don't smell like shit. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> he also looks like shit, so it's fair that it man. You know, fuck it kind of it kind of matches. He said you look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will destroy you. <laughs> I know you're talking about him. But I have traveled many miles uh, from my country, and uh, and uh, 
I was looking for those in search of work and fortune. Uh, those with stout hearts and hard stomachs. That's not I what mean, I thought you were gonna say. Yeah, I was, I, I was I was all in, but my stomach's actually pretty flaccid. My stomach's fine. Yeah, you, you know, like in intestinal fortitude, you you heard of this. Something's yeah, I've hard. taken some pretty deep shits. You actually know specifically what his intestinal fortitude is. You can you can smell and see it. <laughs> I wish you could smell the look on my face right now. But anyway, I'm looking for those who are willing to protect that which matters most. You know, my 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 employer, the mayor of a local city in my country. How can it be local? If it's in your country this far away. It's local in my country. Local means... Local's proximity. But it, 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 it's not far from where I left the country. The can, border. Can you but stop? Away, yeah. right? Can you stop yelling, please? <laughs> Why are you yelling? I can't help it, man. <laughs> this is how I talk. Bitch. <laughs> 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 Haven't you ever seen my movies? <laughs> Juiced? That was a good one. Deep Blue Sea. I got eight by a shark. <laughs> we do not own the rights to any of those quotes. No, we don't. Samuel Jackson, I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel like we're doing him a disservice. But that's okay. Uh, let's see. My employer, the, the, the mayor of the town, we, we, we like in the, we refer to him as the burgomaster. The burger master? Burgo. D- D- Burgo. Mi- no D- ur. Does he go with mid rare? No ur. What does he uh, run no, like McDonald's no, no, or something? No, Burgo. The Burger King? Burger master. Bur- burger King? Burgo. Burger. Burgo. Burger. Go. I'm sorry, are you saying pan or pam? <laughs> we also don't own the rights to that. No. <laughs> Bourgeoisie? That's what Is they that what prefer you said? to be called. They've tasked me with finding. What are the adventurers to, to help in, in his cause? Man, I still don't know what you're saying, dog. <laughs> Just because we were drinking, we're Oleg, uh, Oleg reaches into his pack and he slowly pulls out a letter. That was flaccid. <laughs> that was not flaccid. That was hard. That was hard. Get ready. That had to be shit. <laughs> There's no way that wasn't shit. We can't read. What are you looking one. at? You got what? shit in your actual pants, son. <laughs> that was your actual pants. Here oh. I, here I sit, all broken hearted. pants, <laughs> Tried to shit like Dylan, but or EL, but only farted. God. Damn. Oh, that's oh. funny. But uh, please continue. <laughs> please, please, <laughs> can't read. Uh, so he, he says, uh, as he hands you this letter, he says, his daughter and, and village are in need of assistance, but that is all that I know. Hail to thee of might and valor. I, a lowly servant of Barovia, send honor to thee. We plead for thy so desperately needed assistance. The loving sunshine of my life and daughter, Fago Moonmist, has been afflicted by an evil so deadly that even the good people of our village cannot protect her. She languishes from her wound, and I would have her saved from this menace. There is much wealth in this community. I offer all that might be had to thee and thy fellows if thou shalt answer my desperate plea. Come quickly, for her time is at hand. 
All that I have shall be thine. Kolyan Inderovich, Burgermaster. And then after you finish reading the letter, he's gone. He took off. Like, he's, he's just not here anymore. So we both shit our pants and we gotta run. And, and get on and, a horse. <laughs> and and did, did he tip? Did he tip? Did, did you see? Did he, did he do? Did he tip? On the way out the door. Oleg? Oleg did not tip. Oh, he did not tip. That means we got to tip for him. On the way out the door, I sling, I flick with my thumb over my right shoulder 15 gold pieces, and they land in a stack on the table. Shit. I run into the door frame. Dude, Nobody saw eyes. it, but it was still really cool. I <laughs> saw that shit. Man, fuck you. I saw that shit and shoulder checked the door frame because I was looking around in awe. <laughs> it slowed me down just Before you guys go running, like, you don't know where he went. Like, the out the door is where he fucking he went. went. out the shit. door. You guys don't know that. Your attention was on the letter. The stable master can just meet us at the door as we're, like, running. Oh, okay. Let us know. Like, where did he go? Okay. Yeah, so you guys run up to the door, and it's right as you get there, you meet the stable master, and he's kind of breathing harder. <laughs> he's that makes sweat. more sense than us just being like, we're going to read this letter from front to back without looking at anything in our surroundings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We've got our blinders on. <laughs> Between two elves with superior vision, neither of us saw this man in brightly colored clothing that is wildly yeah, no oversized shit. lumber out the door. Luckily, we were shit-faced. It would not go over my head. My reflexes <laughs> are too fast. <laughs> but, uh, so you get there and the stable master's like, <laughs> the, you, you two, you had black horses with your, your wagon and the, the wagon had blue and purple tapestries, correct? Right? I punch the stable master in his face and say thank you and run out the front door. You guys, okay. So you do this and it's like, oh, the Take the horses! <laughs> 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 He's so kind, even though he got hit in the face. I'm not really that mean. And <laughs> and so you see these two horses out there, and you see, just as you see the back end of your guys' wagon go go back behind the stable, like going down the trade way. So you like just took off, and so you guys see these two horses, and I assume you guys jump on them and take off after him. Okay. So, so you guys are like trailing off after this dude, hauling ass, trying to uh, actually keep up with him, and he's just kind of laughing and carrying on. And he just said, "Those be down, yeah, my new phone comrades." Ah, and he's just like carrying on, yeah, and just like trying to get away from you guys and escape. But uh, is there anything you want to do to try and slow him down? What he didn't know was I put my balls on the reins of that fucking horse's saddle before he took off, so he's really touching my balls. <laughs> Just devolve the balls, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two balls, those. That's not Russian. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I can't understand anything you're saying anyway. God damn. So, yeah, fuck it. I'll fire. Fuck it or leave it. I'll fire an arrow at him. Yeah, fuck it. Okay, I so, might as well. All right, so you lock an arrow, and then you let her fly, and it just sails over, and it goes right through the middle of the wagon and clips him on the shoulder. No, 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 no. 
I didn't fire the arrow at him. I fired it oh, okay. at his horse. You fired the horse. Okay. So you hit the horse, and one horse kind of like bucks up, and he's just like, oh, and that's bullshit. <laughs> I notice he shoots at the horse, and I walk back in. I take my horse back real quick and get those other six pitchers we didn't drink. <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way to <laughs> But there's uh, it's six pitchers, dude. Fuck. Well, despite your efforts to try and backtrack, it's getting really <laughs> difficult to navigate the road because there's a mist that slowly started to fall in around your horse's feet and in front of the wagon where you guys are like looking at you as you try to like kind of change your course a bit you can't really make out what's the road and what's not because everything's just started to become shrouded in this mist i'll kill that motherfucker he stole my horse <laughs> oh he gotta see him first but it's so like as you're like going I'm he starts to kind he of bought me so much booze yeah he was pretty nice he was actually pretty cool he was very nice I, I didn't really care about that carriage that much, honestly. I don't even know why I'm chasing him. Am I drunk? Like I said, I put my balls on the horse. Uh, so uh, you guys are <laughs> kind of bewildered by this mist that's rolling in, and then you see like the top of some kind of dark-looking animate, like maybe an animal, like you don't know, but it zooms by across like real close in front of your horses. Is that a fucking skink? Uh, you don't know what it was. I don't think that was a skink. And, it, it, like, it moved, like, super fast, like, through this fog. And, like, all you can see around you is just this thick mist. swimming through the fog? Like, swimming? Yeah. Uh, it it could have been moving, like, really fast. It almost looked like it was, like, gliding. It was a crackhead. Boogan. Definitely crackhead. <laughs> Out here on the tradeway, you don't never know what kind of boogans you're going to run into. <laughs> when you start getting into that white, you know it ain't right. <laughs> oh, God. It spooks. I said the other. It, it kind of stirs up your horses and they buck backwards and kind of like you guys are trying to hang on and they're freaking out over this thing that just like zoomed by you guys and it bucks off. You get bucked off the horses and you're on the ground and the horses like run off scared and they, they take off into the mist and you guys are just kind of looking at each other like shrouded in this mist and it's kind of it's starting to get a little bit hard to breathe. As we peer into the pool again, our eye turns to the third image, and in it, we see two men on horseback, approaching a desolate and ancient forest. They are two clerics of the Forge Domain, known as Evander Tallstag and Lannister Crane. Both are hulking human men in brass armor and green robes, wielding large warhammers. As they approach the forest, their horses rear up and become startled when they begin to hear a strange sound 
a howl in the night. They now know that this is where they must go their separate ways. Werewolves. Werewolves have invaded the city of Waterdeep by night and prey upon the weak and vulnerable. You, Evander Tallstag, and your friend Lannister have joined the Order of the Gauntlet after smithing armor and weapons for them for many years. Pulled into servitude when you were both very young due to both of your families' greed and problems with gambling. You met with the heads of the Order at their chapter house in Waterdeep. They've stationed Lannister and other members of the Order at various inns and homesteads east of the city, so that the locals need not fear the night. But for you, Evander, they have a very special mission indeed. Now they are counting on you to find the werewolf's lair within the Misty Forest, chosen because of your knowledge of silvering weapons, the werewolf's greatest weakness, and your great tracking abilities. Once found, you are to establish a foothold nearby and send word back to the Order and begin making silver weapons for when they arrive to eradicate the werewolves once and for all. So now that the mission is finally underway, Lannister looks at you for the last time beside this forest and says to you, Evander, So, this is it, old friend. I wish I was going with you on this journey. But it would seem the Order has other plans for me. Aye, brother. Aye. Let us pray one last time. He says as he closes his eyes and brings his hands together. Gond, Lord of craft and innovation, may your great hammer forge our ideas into the strongest of metals. May your will push us forth into a new age of order and creation in your name. As the great cog turns in the sky, so shall our will be made into yours. Aye, brother. He opens his eyes and comes forth and he gives you a strong hug. Good luck, my friend. May your armor and hammer hold true on your journey. Aye, brother. And with that final gesture of friendship, he ties off his horse to his and begins his ride back to Waterdeep, leaving you alone at the edge of this brooding dark forest. This is no place for a horse. The terrain is far too steep and narrow and jagged for such an animal. You take a deep breath, looking into this, the depths of this forest, and you draw your hammer and begin to trudge inside its ominous depths. Putrid and vile place. Where are you, you unholy beasts? You will no longer have foothold in this village. As you pick up the muddy trail of footprints and the scent of wolves that you easily get wind of that lead into the Misty Forest, a strange and unnatural fog 
pulls in and begins to quickly surround you. What is this? Oh, oh, what is happening? It is so thick that you can't even see the tracks anymore. In the fourth image, we see crowd of humanoids encircling a large ceremonial flame. Orcs, humans, and half-orcs alike. This is the last of the Tarok tribe. The flame they have gathered around is no ordinary flame. Despite a large rainstorm that approached this magical green flame shines out in almost defiant rage against it. Today is the day of days for the Tarak tribe. The sons of the chief are about to undertake the single greatest challenge of their lives, the Agoki. The final trial of a young half-orc to become an elder member of the tribe to one day become chief themselves. Near the center of the crowd, kneeling by a great green flame, is the half-orc chosen for this test. Karl Tarak. Describe yourself. I haven't really put a whole lot of thought in this, but I'd say I'm like, I don't know, like 200 feet tall. No, <laughs> no like a, probably like 7 foot 6, I think, somewhere around there. Uh, so like 350 pounds, I think. Yeah, big dude for sure. Hulking dude. Yeah, yeah. Green as hell. Just very green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. And uh, so, your father, the chief of the Tarak tribe, and his eldest shaman have been chanting the words necessary for the ceremony and approach you and your brothers also involved in this Agogi, which are known as Grog and Mac. Those bastards. <laughs> you all, all three of you uh, are on all fours as the shaman comes by and chants the words necessary for the ceremony and casts a white powder on all three of your head and shoulders as, they, as it passes by the chief. And the, your father raises all three of your chins up and you all three look up at him and says, Are you ready, my sons? What say each of you? Card! Grog! And Grog is your older brother. Right. And he's a little bit bigger than you are. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of too. covered in a bunch of like douchey tribal tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a puka shell necklace too. <laughs> and Mac is kind of—he's younger. Yeah. And he's kind of on the skinnier side. Right. And uh, Grog's got this big ass, like straight up traditional battle axe. And Mac uh, has—he's uh, really good with a bow. Mm. And, Sounds uh, like he should have been an elf. <laughs> and they—they uh, they all, all three of you are fired up by this, like fire that's mm -hmm. in front of you with, oh, the, yeah. with the chief and everything there and the, and the 
trying that to... That white powder, whatever that shit is. <laughs> and uh, so he says, Good! The chief does. Are you ready to go forth and restore the blood spear to its proper resting place? And you all three just... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, as you all agree, the, the shaman pulls forth a glowing hot metal brand from the coals of the fire. And he comes by to each of you and and, and, and brands the, your back right in between your shoulder blades and you just scream out. And as you, as you do, uh, the fire, like the green ceremonial flame, responds to your pain. It, it seems like it does. And it soars ever higher into the dark sky despite those like, intense rainstorm that's still going Right. And... Uh, the chief says at this point, Begin! And knowing what you must do, and trusting your instincts, all three of you leap forward as far as you can into the center of this magical flame. Uh, not to be met with demise. Right. Like normally would. No. <laughs> but yeah. Transported. Like I'm sure we've seen how this dude leave her up. Yeah. <laughs> Transported into the most dangerous place. As we gaze into the fifth image, under a moonlit night, we see a camp surrounded in wagons, horses, and a warm fire. <laughs> a group of vagabond drifters enjoys a nice cooked meal over a day's worth of trading goods in the nearest city. They know not of the human paladin that lurks in the shadows just outside the light. Hawk late spire. Please describe yourself. I am Hawk Bladespire of House Bladespire, uh, son of Minerva and Ulrich Bladespire. I have uh, long brown hair that's usually tied back out of my face, medium complexion, and I am a battle axe and shield wielding paladin. Okay, so. Thank you for that. And so now you wait for the right moment to strike. And you've put their number at three. No, no, there's four of them. Shouldn't be much trouble, seeing as though the amount that they've already put you through. So a few days before, you were headed home after receiving an incredible vision from your deity, Torm, god of freedom and justice. One that would send you on a pilgrimage far away. The vision came to you in prayer after you traveled to Torm's largest temple of worship in the city of El Chirel, the City of Light. And this is a very well-known city to many clerics and paladins, so it's pretty easy for you to get there on this, this pilgrimage. You've been there several times. And this vision that you received in this temple, that you like, you like prayed and prayed and waited for it, and then it just all of a sudden came to you. And it just like completely lit up and just like clouded your vision over and then you saw this dark deserted mansion with a statue of a huge silver dragon in front of it and you hear the words in the land of Barovia seek out Argenvastholt light the beacon and lay the souls of the knights of the silver dragon to rest so they can at last be set free. 
The road shall be arduous. Do this, and your reward shall be great. And the vision faded. So you rushed home immediately from El Shirel, uh, back to your home city, to tell your family about what had happened and what you now must do. And as you arrived, your heart sank as you found every member of your family was dead. You haven't slept since this incident and have searched tirelessly for clues. After searching the home and finding nothing as to how your family was killed, you made your way to the local market and happened to see a man selling off what had to be a great, unique, jeweled necklace that your mother actually wore often. You saw this transaction happen that like put you on the path to attract this guy. And you followed this man out of town until he eventually arrived here at this camp where the scene is set. And you overhear their conversation. So one of them says to the other, you think he'll pay us more now that they're dead? Either way, he never said anything about the valuables in their home. <laughs> they all laugh. Made for quite a pass, I can tell you. This was all the proof that you were waiting for. And you notice one get up, move away from the other, and says, oh, I'm going to take a piss. And he goes off to the outside the light of the fire. And they all just kind of sit and put their heads down for a moment. And it's a moment of quiet. This is the moment that you've been waiting for. So, what do you? How do you want to handle this? Um, so there's. If you want me to describe the scene a little bit more in detail, so you can kind of navigate some landmarks, I can give you. So fine. is it is it a campfire or a campsite with like tents, or is it just a? There's fire? A, there's three tents that are all kind of about 10, 15 feet away from this pretty good-sized fire. This fire is probably about six feet across, and it's it's raging. They're, they're all pretty far back. But uh, there's about three tents, about 10, 15 feet back, kind of all like in the shape of a, like a triangle. Boom, 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 on either side of the, outside the light of the flame. And then there's three wagons that are right kind of outside those tents, uh, further off into the darkness. And there's only the four people. Yeah, each one of those wagons is tailored by two horses. Okay. How far away from the wagons do you am I? Um, right now you are maybe about ten feet from one of them. So like if you're looking at like north, south, east, west, you're to the one that's like to the south, okay. directly south of the fire. If you're looking at it from like a bird's eye view. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you're about maybe ten feet to the right of the um, wagon. Are the wagons in, in darkness? Yes. Okay. I the one that the one that went up to take a piss uh, is coming by kind of closer to where you are. Okay. So I go to the wagons where the horses are to the front. Okay. Um, I to the wagon closest to you. Yes. Okay. Um, I unlatch one of the horses okay and I don't hurt it but I hit it hard enough where it'll make a very loud noise or okay. a neigh and hoping that would entice the guy that's trying to take a piss closer to me 
So you hit this thing. <laughs> and this horse like rears, kicks back, and I had no idea you were there. And this guy's like, whoa, 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 easy there, easy there. And he comes over and he kind of buttons his pants back together. And he's like, whoa, whoa, what's, what's, the, what's the commotion here? What's the commotion here? And like, everybody looks over like, oh, how hard is it to take a piss, man? <laughs> um, so I, I'm I got on, it, I got it. I'm on... So I'm thinking this is the if you're looking at the the um, the carriage or wagon, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the leftmost horse, and yes, I am okay. Now on the right side, okay, of and the you're wagon, like moving around the back mm-hmm. of it, exactly. like like outside of his field of yes. vision, like the horse is like, like uh, including like him see. Mm-hmm. Like you got the horse between. Yes. Okay. I might. Should I think of this as my stealth rating? Or um, is it just kind of... It, like, for the sake of narrative, you can just kind of do what you need okay. to. Okay. Um, as I notice the guy that was taking a piss walks closer to where the horse was, Yes. I go to the campfire, and I slaughter the two people that are there right now. Okay. All right. So, so like, they ha- are just, like drunk as hell mm-hmm. and they they have their sense of reaction time is Very like slim the nil and then this like dude in shining armor just gets like, ah! just like <laughs> slices the dude on the like closest to you cuts his fucking head off and then you come come over to the other guy across the other side There's of the fire the just, to the gut. yeah <laughs> just like just, slam it right into his chest and, and he goes down and and then you turn and there's that like the guy that was by the horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like like you like jutted past him whenever he's handling the horse. Yeah. And and then he turns around and he hears the sound of these guys kind of yelp out for a second. Like one of them. Mm-hmm. The other guy didn't make any noise. It was just like, <laughs> and thud. <laughs> and he probably didn't hear that guy. But the second guy, he, he like kind of yelped out because you hit him in the chest and, just, <laughs> and then went down. And there's a fourth guy. There's a fourth guy. Yeah, the fourth guy's sitting there, uh, and he's, he just kind of stands up, like, oh, whoa, 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 and, and he just, like, takes off and, and, like, immediately, like, just gets on his horse, unhinges it from the wagon, and just rides the fuck off. Yes. And he just, oh, let's go, let's go, and he just, he just takes off, and he's gone. So, you got that one guy to deal with, mm-hmm. and he's back there, and, he's, and he just turns around, like, whoa, 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 and he just, like, kind of backs up. And he starts to run. Okay. I take one of my javelins and I throw it. Yeah, you're within like 20 feet. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I throw it at his bottom section okay. just to try to pin him down somewhere. Okay. Yeah, you hit him in the right side of the leg and, ah! and he, like, he goes down and, and like he hits forward and just lands on his face in the mud like outside the weeds over there. And he's trying to crawl away like, no, no. Oh, and he's, and he's just like, what? What did I do? What? What? What is? What is going on? And he's just trying to crawl away with this javelin sticking out of his right leg, right, I, out of his, right out of his thigh. I catch up to him, and he's bleeding out. I uh, pretty much just put. I mean, he's crawling and obviously in a very hurt state. Right. Um, yeah, you easily catch up to him. Yeah. Um, I just drag him over, put my my shield, I guess. Uh, I'm assuming when I when I see my shield, the top has kind of like a yeah a divot in it. I think so. I put sure. that shield just around his neck so he can't move at all. Okay, that part of the shield. Okay, cool. And uh, that's when I 
pretty much ask him. Like you're like kind of yeah. cutting off his yeah. air a little bit. <laughs> like it's just enough of a yeah. of a bend to the yeah. part you got around his neck where he can still talk, but yeah. it's definitely putting pressure putting on his some strain on it neck. Um, pretty much ask him who he's working for and how the hell he got that necklace. <gasps> the, the, the necklace. Uh, uh, my, I, I, I'm not, I'm not supposed to say, I'm not. I don't fucking care what you're supposed to say right now. It's, it's, well, I, if you let me, I'll, 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 I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Where did the fucking necklace come from? Well, it, the, the neck, the necklace, it was, it was there in the, in the drawer, in, in the house. That what we, were you doing in my parents' house? We were. <coughs> we were hired. I let off a little bit. <laughs> we were hired by. And his eyes immediately go blank. And just as it does, like you see, the top of his hair start to like dissipate and disappear, and then his head. And then his shoulders and his body, everything just like fades to sand. And just like with this little breeze that's on the air, he's gone. And then the fire goes out. And it's pitch black. And then you hear this sound of, a, of wind and fog. Like it kind of starts to roll in and you hear this eerie laughter in the air. Like on the wind. It just kind of startles you, and you're just like confused, like what is going on? And it feels almost surreal, like everything was like totally under your control, and then all of a sudden everything like was just taken out from underneath you, and the laugh kind of dissipates, and you find yourself like in this just thick mist, and you're able to make it out through the moonlight which is kind of shrouded in like overcast sky, but you can see just through through occasional little glimmers of moonlight, this mist is like surrounding you. And you're no longer in a field. You're no longer around a campfire. You're somewhere else entirely. In the last image that the pool has conjured, we see a halfling traveling on foot through the forest alongside her black leopard familiar, Marin Catspeak. Please describe yourself. Like how you look, how would you like see your character for yourself, like in your mind? Well, basically, I mean, basically the way that I designed it was like, you know, Link the video game, or I guess Zelda the video game, Link the character. I look like that, but like, mm-hmm. kind of dready style hair. Okay. I got some voodoo dolls. Oh, okay. I am a female. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. So similar to that, like similar style, similar colors. Definitely shortened stature. Yes, definitely shortened stature. <laughs> okay. And 
leopards. Uh, your leopard's about as big as you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like I don't know. Like leopards aren't like the biggest cats in the panther category. They're like yeah, not, but I'm a halfling. Like it would still cougar, be a, it would still be about size. the same size as me. Yeah. It would, still like even because then. like imagine like a leopard next to like a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'd be pretty fucking similar. Yeah, it's huge. So this forest that you find yourself traveling through. You've always remembered it. Like, to be uh, the way that it is as far back as you can remember. But today, you've decided to leave your secluded village and travel into the world for the very first time. You wouldn't have minded to stay there and live out your days as most ghost-wise halflings do. But due to some unforeseen circumstances, you have decided to venture out in search of answers. So you know this forest like the back of your hand, and so does your black leopard familiar, Ringo. <laughs> and he lunges forth from tree to tree effortlessly, like he always does. He's like, boing, boing, boing. He's like, I wonder if I can reach this one. Oh, of course I can. I'm a black leopard. I'm a fucking leopard. <laughs> and so... You guys are walking along, um, kind of excited to finally be going on your first journey. Do you have any kind of uh, communication with Ringo as you're just walking out? Mostly, like, we communicate feelings with each other, so it's just a feeling of excitement, like, carefree at this point, just happy to be going where we're going. Absolutely. Okay. So, as you travel onward for a couple of hours. The forest somehow seems more and more unfamiliar to you both. Ringo jumps down and starts to walk closely beside you. The trees begin to sway and gnarl in unfamiliar and aggressive ways. The wind picks up and the sky begins to darken and cloud. And even the birds sound different. After a while, you realize that you have absolutely no idea where you are anymore. And the road in which you've been traveling is nothing more than just a rocky path. And a strange fog is gathered around your feet, so thick that you can barely see through this fog. And the things you see before you give you a bad feeling. And so, just then, a raven lands on a low branch beside you and looks you both over, but not as a normal raven would do so. It looks directly into your eyes. Ringo stands at your side, ready to climb the tree in an instant and pounce. What do you do? Uh, I would say my first instinct is to just sort of like place a hand on Ringo. Chill. It's a raven. Tears kind of like go down, like yeah. her down. It's a raven. It's cool. The tail's like is is kind of like real quick, kind of whipping. Yeah. Then it starts I can I can I can sense his slow wave. I can sense his uncomfortable. Nope, that's not the right word. Uh, discomfort. discomfort. There we go. Yeah. I can sense his discomfort, but I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And I look up at this raven, just like. I don't say anything to it, but, like, what, what is this? Right. Is my thought. 
things, much to your alarm, begins to speak. And you've never heard a bird speak to you to begin with, so yeah, yeah, you're pretty alarmed at this. So it says Are are you are you through? What are you? I... I'm a... I'm a raven. I've never seen a raven talk before. Well, I've never seen a druid that looks like you. You look like one, but you don't... You don't look like the druids that I... What druids do you know? They are not friendly people. You don't look like a, a threat, but your feline fellow does. I, I hold on. This is my brother. Just let me let me calm him down. We'll talk. I proceed to pet him. Okay. We speak telepathically. Kind of is slowly more and more starting to relax and kind of. Just get the impression of what you're trying to convey and begins to calm down. And just sits there poised and like but just sitting and his tail is just kinda just waving. It's no longer like whipping you know, back and forth. Like it's excited or anything. So and so the bird is just kinda like Okay. Well my my mother always told me to stay away from the druids. But you don't look bad. Don't worry. I, I am a friend. My name is Gilriel Finchon. Who, who are you? Well, my name is Marin Catspeak. And, uh, more than anything, I'm just very confused as to where I am. I know these woods, and this is not what I'm used to. Well, you are in the realm of Barovia. You, you, you didn't, you did not come here on your own accord. No, I was traveling through, just traveling through my hometown woods. Like I just kind of like started traversing, and there was a fog, and now I'm here. A fog. Fog. Oh. Yes. The fog. It's. It surrounds this realm of Barovia. But it's odd that where you were at before connected you to here. That is very strange. Yeah, you're fucking telling me. Um. I must tell you, now that. You have passed through this fog. It... It cannot be. There, there is no going back. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But you are, you are here now. You are here now. And that is okay. What do you mean that's okay? I didn't ask to be here. Well, I, I, I know that you didn't ask, but... I was just walking through my own woods. Well, that, that was then... This is now, and we have to worry about now. But like, how did I end up here? I don't understand. Why, why, 
would I walk through a fog and just be here? Well, there are many evil things at work here. Ones that I do not associate with. I, I just live here with my family. But there are many evil things that have created a sheen, like a, a, a impenetrable wall around this village and this realm, this entire place. And there, I'm sorry, there, there is no, there is no going back. And there are things here that... Wait. You said that you murdered friend here is your brother. Yeah, we, uh, we were druids in our town and a witch came through and we refused to come with her and a portion of her punishment was to turn him into a leopard. He can no longer speak to me. It is all becoming clear. That was no ordinary witch that you encountered. It was a witch named Baba Yaga. Does that name make ring a bell to you? The witch who came through my village never gave me a name. I see. Well, it is of no coincidence that you came here. It was probably the doing of Baba Yaga. She has done terrible things to my family. Is she am, is she responsible for the fog? Is she why I'm, I am here? I do not know, but it is definitely within our powers to have done something like this. To where none of us can leave. I would... I, I would go as far to say that it could have been her that brought you here and came. And as far as... kept us all here, I don't know. But it's possible that this is the same witch that you met. It could be. This is not a coincidence. I don't... I, I don't believe so. So... We both, both of our families, have been affected by this witch. Maybe, maybe we could be friends? I mean, you seem, you seem cool. Like, I can use all the friends I can get being in a, you know, agreed bog-filled realm that I am unfamiliar with. That is the same logic that I have as well. And I must say that it is not an easy road to Alex. She, she has nearly destroyed my entire family. I don't know why. I don't know why she's always had, had something out for us. But she has. She hates all of us. She's, she has recruited other druids to eliminate us wherever we are. So, I would say that... Sorry, are you a druid? Or are you just a raven? 
Just the ring. Okay. Just making sure. I have not just the ring. No. My family has been here for a long time. Longer than these streets. And Baba Yaga as well. But I don't know why she wants us to be rid of this place. But I think that if you help me get rid of her and eliminate the threat of her on my family, that it would definitely help you find a way to leave here. So perhaps we could work together for a time. You can help me leave here? I'll do my very best if you help me and my family. Deal. Okay. Just as this happens, I begin to hear the sounds of voices far off into the mist in the, in the forest from every different direction. You can making out that they're like yells out into the darkness and of different voices of saying different things. You can't quite make out they're a little bit too far off to be able to tell what they are, but you also begin to see the lights of torches coming from different directions and Muriel's feathers kind of ruffle up a little bit in fear and Muriel says to you, the enemy has many spies. Please keep my family a secret. I beg you, help us be rid of Baba Yaga, and once and for all. Oh, no! Wait! I stick to the road. Wait! Don't leave! Don't get off the road! Don't get off the road! And, and then Muriel takes off the branch and disappears into the mist in fear, and she's gone. And then, with that. Once she disappears, this leaves you to encounter what you hope is not the evil that Marielle described it to be. Just.